0: What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, back in action, once again, Jack Vita, and we have arrived at the grand finale of our MLB preview series. I'm being joined in a short bit. I have a great guest named Jake Poliga. I'll bring him in in a short bit, in a second, but Guys, we've had a really fun ride, and if you haven't caught any of our other episodes, you should go back and listen to the other previews that we've done. This is the 6th Division. We've had a nice, deep, comprehensive look at all 6 divisions. This is number 6, as I mentioned. Last week, I got to chat with Jordan Morandini and Albert DeStrade about the National League East. Today, it's the American League Central In addition to forecasting this division, we're also going to reveal me and Jake will share our postseason picks, who we got winning the World Series, and our award predictions. Who's going to walk away with some hardware this October? Uh, Couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more pumped to just get into it. But before I do that, before I bring them in, I just want to say... Guys, if you're liking this podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. We've had a lot of fun live streams lately. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably the Sweet 16's definitely over. The Elite Eight might be over at this point, but we still got the Final Four to cover and we still got the National Championship game to cover. I've been doing a lot of live streams lately, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Jack Vita show. My Twitter and Instagram is at Jack Vita show. YouTube.com slash Jack Vita. Lots of fun with the live streams. We just had 850 viewers on one the other day that I recorded with Paul Oren, and uh, could be more excited about what we have coming up on the podcast coming up on my website, Jack You can log on to that site and get email notifications whenever there's new content available, whether it be videos, podcasts, or written articles that I'm working on. We're moving into the greatest time of the year, Major League Baseball season. At the time of this recording, it's March 26th, 2021. We are six days away from opening day, and I couldn't be more optimistic let me bring in our guest, Jake Poliga. He returns to the show once again. Jake, uh, are you breathing in that fresh air and optimism right now?
1: Oh yeah, Jack, you hit it on the head, man. Six days away, <laughs> I cannot wait.
0: Oh my gosh, I just, I absolutely love it, Jake. And you know, I love college basketball, and it's been a, it's been a fun season, even though there haven't been too many fans. It's really nice around nine or ten p.m. I come home uh, or I've been home and I'm just unwinding before bed and I mindlessly have a Mountain West game on or a Pac-12 game or a West Coast game on and I'm watching these college basketball games and now we're in the tournament. So the last couple of weeks I've been able to flip over and now it's spring training games. And as I am enjoying the slower pace of baseball and just how relaxing and peaceful and fun it is, I can't be more excited for a full 162-game season. It's, it's. Uh, I like baseball even more than college basketball.
1: Oh, I, I agree, man. I mean, it feels like it's been like five years since we got a full 162, so <laughs> I just cannot wait.
0: Yeah, last year really, you know, hey, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad we had something. The playoffs were fun. But to tell the truth, the season was over in a blink of an eye. I remember I went out of town a couple times at the start of the season. And then by the time I was back, it was already halfway over. And we didn't have fans there. We had I hate the designated hitter. It didn't feel like real National League Baseball. It felt like we we're watching a parody of Major League Baseball last year. Now we play a full 162. At this time I guess we still have a few days where it could change. It appears as if we're reverting back to our 2019 game where we have 10 playoff teams, no DHS, and this is the way I think the game should be played, Jake. So I could not be more ecstatic right now. And we got fans. We got fans yeah. in attendance. In Texas, they're having 100% capacity. and In Chicago, we got 20% capacity. And There was a report today that it looks like by the time the Cubs hit their first home stand, we're going to have more fans allowed to attend. It's it's just this is the perfect storm right now,
1: Jake. Right, and we got fifty percent out in Philly. And I was checking tickets <laughs> the other day. Their tic- Philly's Phil's tickets, are only like only about fifty bucks. And Jack, it's uh, it's the best time of the year. Wow.
0: Yeah, this I was down there in Clearwater area. Um, didn't end up making it to a Philly spring training game. However, the spring training ticket prices were very expensive this year because of the limited capacity
1: uh oh, it, it was, was ridiculous me and uh, i was down there last week too and me and my buddies are trying to go and it's like 90 bucks for a for a game at JetBlue parks to see the red sox play and, i mean if you can yeah it, it, it's spring training is is uh you know just fool's gold anyway you your guy is going deep and you're just like save that for the regular season so Spring training's fun and all, but I'm not gonna pay 90 bucks to go to a spring training game, Jack.
0: Yeah, I love spring training, and I yeah, it's part of the charm of spring training is the fact that you go for fifteen bucks, you have great seats, exactly. you have access to the players, you can talk to them, you can get pictures. I have uh some pictures that I took with Chris Bryant from twenty fifteen. Like that's that's what spring training is. You can go to practices. Yeah. And now if you're talking about, yeah, ninety dollars, no thank you.
1: Yeah, and and I mean it's you're in a boat too. You gotta go to the game and sit in this yeah. little pod, you can't go can't go ask for autographs and stuff like that. So I mean you're completely right, it's just not the same thing. But uh happy to have fan fans back in the in the stance to the real games.
0: Oh yeah, me too. It's going to be such a fun season. Uh, I'm not even going to say, hopefully, that it'll be a fun season. I'm just going to say it will be a fun season. This is going to be great. We're really ramping back up to where we were a couple of years ago. And it just feels like life is normal when you're just sitting, whether it's on the couch or in a baseball park, drinking a cold root beer, having a hot dog, uh, or your beverage of choice for that matter, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no, you're right, man. It's an exciting time. Pulled one sixty two <laughs> upon us in, in just uh in less than a week here. Yeah.
0: So good stuff. So you didn't end up going to any spring training games. Did you do anything fun while you're down there, Jake?
1: Uh so we were we were trying to go to uh we were trying to find one, but you know, like I said, it's a little too expensive and uh yeah. and so me and my buddies have done this a couple of years in a row and we've always gone to a Phillies game. And uh, and up in Clearwater and so I was trying to push that again, but uh, you know, Philly's tickets weren't that expensive. I think they're only like sixty. But you know, my buddy is you know, we we already went, so we just stayed around uh, stayed around town and golfed a ton. I got a little got a little sun on my face, got a nice farmer's tan.
0: Any beach time? Did you go skimboarding at all?
1: Man, well, we did not beach at all. We spent just too much time <laughs> wow. golfing, to be honest. <laughs> You're so close to, to the out ocean.
0: Out. You didn't go go to the ocean. That's crazy. I did so much skinboarding when I was down there. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, and so what I did, what we ended up doing instead of going to spring training is U.S. Women's National Softball Team was playing a series against the Mexican National Team in Clearwater at a high school uh, complex, and so we went to one of those games. It was twenty bucks. And that had more of a spring training type feel because you were so close to all of them. Cat Osterman pitched that day. It was was really fun. I, I like softball a lot, Jake. Yeah,
1: that'd be cool. Sounds like it'd be fun.
0: Yeah. All right, Jake. The American League Central, our grand finale here. Not really. We're not really peaking with the greatest division here. I feel like we probably should have saved the NL East for, <laughs> to be the last division, but we had a good time. Jordan Mordini uh, was just with us. Uh, we talked some fills there. You'll get a chance to weigh in on everything at the end of the show, Jake, but... Before we get into the particular teams, how are you judging the American League Central this year?
1: Um I'm 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 going to be honest I'm judging it as one of the weaker divisions in baseball, yeah. but I think I think it's got a couple couple teams that are going to surprise us. I mean I think the Royals are a little slept on. I think the Indians, I think people think they're going to take a much bigger step back than they, than they will and I think that rotation is you know it's it's up there with the best of best in baseball. So so I don't think it's going to be as bad of a division as as a lot of people are thinking, but I definitely think it's going to be one of the weaker divisions just because, you know, look at the landscape of these other divisions and the only one that might be better than is the NL Central. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so it's an exciting one. I think, I mean, I think it's, it's one of the easier ones to pick up until uh, up until yesterday when Eloy went down. Yeah. So, so now that adds a little entry into it. And I mean, <sighs> Hey, Twins twins got a nice gift yesterday. So, so
2: we'll see.
0: Yeah, you know, to tell the truth, Jake, I actually don't think there aren't too many divisions that I'm overly impressed with this year. I know that a lot of folks are pointing to the NL Central and the NL Central's not good, but it seems like you have the NL East. They I feel like they're two notches above everybody. And then the next one yeah. would be the AL East. And then but in the AL East, none of those teams uh, and I guess we'll talk more about this today the Yankees don't have an out overpowering pitching staff. Like you, you with the American league, I find faults with pretty much every team that I might pick as a division winner or even a wild card. And so you have the AL East, but then after that, I mean, NL West, you got a two division race. I mean, a two team race really, which is going yeah. to be really fun. And uh, the Diamondbacks might be pretty good, but you're probably looking at two really bad teams in that division. The NL Central, you have one horrible team and then a bunch of really just subpar to mediocre teams. And then, you know, maybe a couple good ones at the top, depending on what your thoughts are on the Brewers. Uh, And a lot of people like the Cardinals this year, obviously. And then Mm -hmm. with, you know, actually, I think the worst division this year is going to be the American League West. I actually think that division took a couple steps back from where it was a season or two ago Oakland and Houston both are losing parts and the rest of those teams are rebuilding they're not ready yet so I actually think that division could very well be the the worst and so I yeah I think as a whole putting it into perspective and I also don't think the American League is real great this year I think the National League is yeah, superior
1: no doubt No no doubt in that and to your point on the West, I actually have picked the Angels to win the West this year. Just wow. because of the, you know, I think I think Astros and the A's. I think they both take off. They both, you know, losing pieces, and I think they're both. Um, I'm expecting them both to take some couple steps back, and I think Otani. If, if if you can get a full season from Otani, you got a nice six man rotation. You know, Quintana was a nice nice add in there, and a couple good depth pieces in the rotation, and. I expect I expect the Angels to definitely compete for that division, Jack. But I do agree. I think it's going to be probably the worst division in baseball.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's and then last year just the National League, AL Central combined together in that weird season that we had. Again, not a real season when you're only playing teams in your region of the country. Yeah, Central. NL Joint Division was so terrible last year. It was... Oh God,
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, it was unfair. As as a Phillies fan, you're playing all all four of your inter-division games against good teams, and and then your interleague play games are against the Yankees, J- Rays, Jays, and. The you know, only, only cakewalk you get is the Orioles, and the Phillies couldn't even handle the Orioles. So, Jack, it was, a, it was a rough season last year. I'm excited for a full 162. <laughs> you know, get get to play some West Coast baseball.
0: Yeah. And so we're looking at several teams that probably aren't going to be particularly, at least a few here that might not be great, but we're going to kick it off here with the first team, and we have our over-under win total projections i guess not projections but the over under marks uh you can bet you can go with the over or the under these are courtesy of DraftKings, and i actually pulled these numbers a few weeks ago so these are probably have changed especially with the aloy jimenez injury yeah however we're still going to base it off of these numbers uh so let's get started with the team that is tipping in with the lowest total jake who do you think that is
1: uh, the lowest total. I'm going to go with the uh, the best rotation in that division, Jack. The Detroit Tigers. Just kidding. Just, just kidding. <laughs> but the, the, the future, you know, the 2025 best division that or best uh, rotation in that division. They got a couple of really good, exciting <laughs> young arms. But uh, but yeah. I am going to guess that that they're coming in there right around the or right somewhere in the 60s. Yeah, 68
0: and a half for the Detroit Tigers. And as Ooh. we've been doing on these. Previews, we have some voicemail messages from fans of these clubs. Now, unfortunately, I wasn't able to track them down and get them for every single team in this division. Hopefully, next year we can have a voicemail for every single team. But I do have one from Mike Matthews, who runs one of the largest. Detroit Tigers Facebook fan groups so I'm gonna play this message from Mike Matthews and uh, then we can get into this thing so here's what Mike has to say on the Detroit Tigers in 2021
3: going into the 2021 season the Detroit Tigers still have more questions than answers can Casey Mize and Tariq Skubel take the next step in their growth as starters How much of his old form can Michael Former regain after his comeback from Tommy John surgery? Can Victor Reyes, Jamer Candelario, and Willie Castro all take the next step under new manager A.J. Hinch? And with a now top 10 farm system, how much of the current roster, which was good enough for the present, will be good enough to keep for the future? Is Matt Boyd still considered trade bait, or is he the team's true number one? Fans will enjoy watching Miguel Cabrera chase 500 home runs and 3,000 hits, but the fans also want to see wins. And GM Vice President Alavila knows that fans are tired of a four-year rebuild, and they're ready to see their team back in the playoff hunt. So we look forward to watching what manager A.J. Hinch does in his new role with the team because he has a track record of building winners. Question now is, can he do it with the current roster that the Detroit Tigers have in place? As opening day approaches, Tigers fans hopes he can find answers to those questions.
0: All right, so there we go. Mike Matthews, great job. Jake, that one, typically I get these voicemail messages and the fans, like, you got someone who's super jazzed up and optimistic. <laughs> we had a Phillies guy last week who was even more optimistic on the Phillies than you are, uh, which I feel like is impossible <laughs> to find. Yeah, that's um, tough. This one, this one sounded a little depressing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think he did a good job, though. I think, I mean, Great I, job. I, I like... Yeah, I really like what he said, and I think he was very rational as a fan. You know, you expect fans to be a little more jazzed up, like he said. And, uh, and it was nice to hear him, you know, talk very rational and level-headed about, uh, about the pitching staff. And, and I think he's got some great questions out there. I mean, is, is Matthew Boyd trade bait, or is he in it for long term? And uh, I saw today, I saw some news today. Michael Fulmer is going to be coming out of the bullpen because they, uh, they got Casey Mize on the opening day rotation. So obviously, you know, can Fulmer bounce back? He'd be a great trade chip if they don't want to. If they want to move on from him, and and we'll see. I mean, the three the three hitters he named there, I think they've all got big time breakout potential. And then, like he, like he said about AJ Hinch, I mean, AJ Hinch is a guy who rebuilt the Astros, and so I can see him. Uh, I could see him taking the next step here. I don't expect more than you know seventy low seventies in the wins, but I can see this team cracking seventy five potentially.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go that high, but. I will say that you mentioned you like this pitching staff. I it's do. It's going to be really fun to watch. It's, you know what? I feel like this is a little bit like the American League version of Miami Marlins. Uh, yep. But the, the big difference is that the Miami Marlins have a little bit of a veteran presence with their batting order. There's a little more uh, consistency in that lineup. I don't really see that quite as much uh, on the offensive side for this team, but my goodness, you got three guys this year who could all be potential Rookie of the Year candidates that are top 25 in all of baseball, prospect-wise, that are all pitchers. you got Casey Mize, that really high pick out of Auburn just a few years ago, Tariq Skubal, as Mike mentioned, and then you also have Matt Manning. All those guys, we should see all three of those guys this summer. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. I mean, all three got super high ceilings, too, so that's where I'm... uh... That's where I'm kind of factoring in there, and then, I mean, if if when Spencer Turnbull comes back, he's a legitimate number four or five there too. If if they can, they they got a couple, they got five or six guys in the rotation that could you know start that could uh, potentially be big league arms in in every rotation. And then uh, there's another name he forgot to he forgot to mention, which I do want to put out there: Gregory Soto. Yeah, he's a uh, lefty he's a lefty young guy out of their bullpen and he's one of those guys that you know he could be last year's James Carnechak and and uh he's one of those relievers that you know I'm I'm expecting a big time breakout out of so uh so he's definitely a name to keep an eye on could even be big time trade bait too you know he's, he's a young guy going to have a lot of control depends on on when they think they can win
0: yeah so i honestly i don't have too much more to offer on the tigers other than that i think that this team is going to be not, they're not going to win a whole lot of games. I will go under on the 68.5. I'll give you a number in a second. But I do think that this season should be the most fun for Tigers fans that they've had in a while. I mean, and I mean, in a while. It's been quite, I, I was the 2012 team
1: the last time they made the playoffs, Jake? I think it might be, man. It might be. <laughs> they, might have, they might have squeaked in 13, but I'm not sure. I,
0: I'm not sure at all. Yeah, so it was around that era of 2012, 2013, the last time that we saw them in the postseason. Then they had a few years there where they were still trying to hang on and then eventually, Dombrowski ended up selling guys in 2015. It's unbelievable how long ago that was that Dombrowski was shown the door, and they started the rebuild. We're looking at it's been six years now. That was 2015 when they went out and they traded Cespedes, and they were uh, they started getting those guys like Daniel Norris and Michael Fulmer who. At the time, looked like they were going to be the cornerstone pieces of the of the rebuild. Now, Norris is pitching in another situation. Fulmer has had a lot of injury problems. But it's not been very fun for Tigers fans. I feel like the Tigers fans, I know, their spirits have been crushed over the last few years. This, I think, while the team it's not going to show up in the win total, I don't think this should be, if you are a Detroit Tigers fan and you're a baseball fan, you love baseball, you love the Tigers, this should be the most fun season that you've had in eight, nine years?
1: Absolutely, Jack. I, I was I was just going to say something along those lines. I was going to say, you know, I, I, I might, I'm going to pick the over on 68.5. I think they could go under. I'm not, not confident in it whatsoever, but I, I think this is going to be a very optimistic season for uh, – For for Tigers fans, like you said, that's been the most you know exciting season in in several years because they got three young young potential star pitchers, and I mean, if you can get just two of those guys to kind of break out and you know be a really good second year or be a rookie of the year candidate, then this is an exciting team, and you got something to build around. And then Willie Castro, Victor Reyes, those are two guys who have you know produced in the past, and and they've got signs of potential uh, potential star star player ability. So it is an exciting time for for Tigers fans, and, and I feel bad because Tigers, you know, Detroit fans got four terrible sports teams <laughs> in the <this league>. city. <laughs> Just traded away Matt Stafford, and you know, I'd love to see the Tigers being good is good for baseball.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think any time that you see teams that have been bad for a while start to turn a corner, that's. That's good, and it's exciting for the fans. People like to see that. It's good to keep bringing these markets, these fan bases, back into the fold. You could lose them when the team's really, really bad. Jose Urania is a nice little pickup. Uh, He's been a productive pitcher over the last few years, a little bit under the radar. He is inconsistent, but when he's on, he can be very, very good.
1: Yeah, he's a guy that I've been watching since I can even remember, or since, 2011 or 12, whenever he came up. But he's, uh, he's just been a guy that seems like he can never find it versus the Phillies. And, and I loved facing him because it feels like we always rocked him. <laughs> but, you know, he's been, a, he's been an NL East journeyman type of guy. And he's got an incredible stuff. He's one of those guys that could just, you know, any any one of these years just put it together and have a big-time outlier season. But can't can't say I'm expecting it, but I still do think it's a nice pickup for him.
0: Now, Mike mentioned... Cabrera isn't too far from 500 homers, 3,000 hits. Uh, I don't know the the exact numbers. I think it's something like 11 or 12 homers away for 500, and I'm not sure where he's at hits-wise. He should get there this year. That's another thing that would be fun and exciting, just something to celebrate for this team. It's really Miguel Cabrera... I feel like a lot of people have forgotten just how dominant of a hitter he was back when this team was good. The last time this team was good in the, in the early 2010s and even going back a little longer than that, a little before that he is a first ballot hall of famer. And I think we'll get a chance to kind of revisit a little bit of his success that he's had in this league that we haven't talked about in a while.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, I, I hope this is the year he's. I'm looking right now. Jackie is um, 144 hits away and 13 homers away. So yeah, it should should happen this year. I it's, don't know if
0: he's going to get 140 hits this year. That
1: yeah, that's going to be close. Yeah, he he'd have to stay healthy. His his last yeah. whole, his last full season, he had 188 in 2019. He played. Uh, he missed about, okay. He missed about 20 30 games, and he had 140. So he'll definitely. All right, he'll, he'll definitely yeah. be in the range. I mean, he's still a good contact hitter too. If you, if you yeah discredit last year, he just
0: got to be he, healthy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's a guy that, I mean, personally, I would. I, I, it, it's tough to do this. It's the Joey Votto's of the world—the guys who have been there forever <laughs> and they still have some trade value. I don't know if McGee, yeah. McGee I don't know if McGee has much trade value. He'd have to produce this year and stay healthy. But uh, yeah, maybe, and
0: he's expensive.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like like Votto's and Middies of the world are. They add some value, but they're expensive. They're not going to net you too much, and they're one of those homers. And so I don't know. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Maggie somewhere where he can, you know, get some. Maybe get some playoff abs, but still, I'd like to just more importantly see him get that three uh, K hit mark and that five hundred uh, homer mark this year. That'd be really cool.
0: I am going with sixty three wins for the Detroit Tigers this year. Uh, so they just avoid losing a hundred. If that's the case, I just think we've talked about them for 15, 20 minutes here, Jake, and we haven't mentioned a single bat in their order. There's, there isn't a whole lot there. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that while they're on the right track and there are things to be excited about, it doesn't show up in the win total this year.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's they're they're the worst team in that division. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not putting, but hey like i said you know they've got potential they've at least got some upside on that team
0: all right so how many wins are you saying
1: uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the over jack I, I think i think they would get right to 69 i think they have. okay you know i think i think mys mys and scoble i think mys and School both have really good years both rookie of the year candidates uh manning i'm gonna say struggles a little bit but uh you know, I think Willie Castro's their breakout hitter of the year too. It's my guy for a uh, my pick for breakout breakout hitter on that team.
0: Now they weren't atrocious last year, twenty three and thirty five. They didn't play anyone all that great outside. <laughs> they didn't play anyone outside of Central. <laughs> yeah. uh, two years ago, they won forty seven games. So you're talking about potentially a twenty two win improvement from two years ago, Jake. Yeah,
1: but it's a completely different ball club too. I mean, yeah the the pitching staff and then those those two young bats so only two guys I think that lineup that would be that would be you know hitters or hitters in an average MV lineup are Victor Reyes and Willie Castro and then obviously Miggy too but uh, but I'm, I'm expecting some big things from those guys I think they could you know maybe push the push the Royals for fourth place.
0: All right, let's move on to you just <laughs> alluded to the team yeah. that has the next lowest win total projection. 72 and a half Kansas City Royals. Unfortunately, I don't have a voicemail from a Royals fan. I tried, couldn't get it. Royals last year 26 and 34 and 2019 59 and 103. Now, the Royals are in a situ- interesting situation and we'll discuss the Indians in a short bit. I feel like what we're looking at with the Royals And the Indians, it's like if you could combine these two teams, they'd be a really dang good team because I think the Royals are going to score quite a bit of runs this year. They picked up Carlos Santana. They got uh, Andrew Benintendi was another pickup. They've got uh, Hunter Dozier coming into his own. Whit Merrifield. Jorge Soler, I think he led the league in homers a couple years ago. Salvador Perez coming back healthy. I mean, this team is talented offensively, Jake.
1: Yeah, this lineup is literally one of my favorite lineups in the league. I'm not saying one of the best lineups in the league, but just one of my favorite in terms of, you know, one, guys I like, and two, just kind of like sleeper lineup. Like, I mean, this. I'll I'll try and go through the lineup as good as I can right (laughs) here. You know, maybe one through seven. You got Mondesi and Merrifield. Salvador Perez, Ben Atendi, uh, Jorge Soler, Hunter Dozier—like that's that's a legit that's a legit one through seven right there. And I mean, yeah. if this team, like like you just said, if this team had the Indians' rotation and the Indians' bullpen, oh man, that's that's a danger. That that's that's a winning this ball or winning this division ball club. But, uh, but yeah. with that being said, it's, it's, it's all in the rotation. That's where all the question marks are. I mean, outside of Brady Singer and maybe Mike Miner if he can have a nice bounce back. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's pretty, pretty bad rotation. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: right. You're looking at Brad <laughs> Keller potentially as your opening day starter. In terms of the bullpen, they, <laughs> Greg Holland is back. Uh, so, yeah, there are some guys here that it's like, hey, maybe you get – oh, wait, Wade, Wade Davis came back too. Yep, so, <laughs> yep. I don't know. I mean – is there Brad maybe Brock. some guys what was that? Brad Brock too.
2: Yeah. Warmer <laughs> oh Cubbies.
0: <laughs> is there you know, maybe are there some guys in their bullpen that could surprise people that are under the radar? You know, the Royals typically do a good job of developing relievers and having good relievers. That's how they they were really the first team to win a World Series on the bullpenning model. Uh, even though it didn't evolve quite to where it's at now at that point in 2015. I think the Royals could surprise some people here when you have a lineup that's that good. Now, yeah, the big problem, though, is the pitching staff. I actually think there is a. It depends on how. What we see out of the Indians. I wouldn't be surprised if the Royals ended up having the third best record in this division, though, Jake.
1: Really? Okay, Jack. We're on completely different pages than the <laughs> Indians. I'm. I'm excited to talk about them then. But, yeah. Uh, let's. But no, let's I, move into the. No, Ind- I, okay.
0: I was gonna say we could well, move into the Indians and then circle back to the Royals.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. So the Indians. This is the one of the ones I was excited. I actually think the Indians, Jack. I was talking to my friends about it the other day. They're. Uh, I think they're like plus eight fifty to win the division. And I said, I think that. After the Eloy injury, I think that's the best. Uh, I think that's the best value bet in baseball for, in terms of futures, because I mean, this okay? You've got Shane Beaver, arguably the best pitcher in the game. Zach Polizak, who you know, he looked great last year. Hopefully, he can keep going. Tristan McKenzie, who's got big time breakup potential. Aaron yeah. Savali's, you know, a really good number four. If, if those other two guys step up, and then the 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 bullpens where I'm where I really want to you know, talk about. So you got uh, obviously James Karnichek who's, you know, arguably the best reliever in the AL right now. And then there's a guy you really gotta watch for, he's the next Karnichek, Emmanuel place He's uh he's a guy that we've uh, we've been talking about in our fantasy baseball league a because you know, we've got pretty pretty big value for relievers and he's a guy that everyone's been on and he's you know the Karnichek two this year. So he's a guy you really gotta keep your eye out for. And then in terms of hitting, I mean, I think I think they've got a pretty decent lineup. Like Eddie Rosario was a great scoop, Andres Jimenez, and, uh, and Ahmed Rosario. You know, were decent chips that they got in that Lindor trade. Yeah, and then and then just one through, you know, one through nine, they're they're solid. They're not good. They're not gonna jump out. But but when you're sending when when four to five days, you're sending a you know a le- legitimate starter out there, you can win. 85 ball games and potentially win a bad division. I think mean, that's what I think mean, that's what it'd come down to. I think the Sox would have to take a step back, Twins would have to have a really struggling rotation, and uh, I just think that the Indians would kind of have to have one of those you know outlier seasons from a from a couple of hitters. But but hey, you never know.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't see them. I see where you're coming from with all of this. I just don't see it with this batting order. I mean, two years ago they were a solid team. That was the year they traded Bauer and they brought in Yasiel Puig because they needed more help offensively. And Fran Mel Reyes also is another guy that they added from that trade. Fran Mel Reyes is still here and they have, you know, Jose Ramirez. He needs to have a bounce back year. He struggled last year. I don't put too much stock into what last year was because was such a short season. And last year, look, they, they won a season ago. They won 35 games out of 60, which you had these three top teams, White Sox, Twins, Indians, all within a game, a part of each other. It's so hard to tell, I mean, how good were these teams actually when you're only playing the NL Central? <laughs> it was just, I, I think that they're probably the biggest mystery this year out of any team. They really... Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening for them offensively this year, Jake. Before I uh, I'll give you a chance to respond to that, and then I gotta play <laughs> our voicemail message from our Indians fan because we didn't get to that yet.
1: Oh no, I'll be quick. I'm just just gonna say, yeah, man. I mean, you're you're right. It's it's a very questionable lineup, but uh, th- but like you said, they are just one of those big teams that's a, or one of the teams that's just a big question mark. And and I don't know. I got I got some uh, I got some optimism for that for that question mark of a lineup. Cause I think Andre Cemenes is another guy. He's going to be my breakout pick for, uh, for their lineup.
0: All right. So here is Kevin weed. I was able to get in touch with Kevin. Uh, like Mike, he runs one of the biggest Indians, Facebook fan groups. And I was able to actually get in touch with him yesterday. Uh, so I was glad I was able to get someone on this Indians thing. Cause I had been struggling to find a tribe fan for a while. Uh, Or do we have to call them the Cleveland baseball team at this point? (laughs) (laughs) We might have to. No, we don't. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So here's what Kevin had to say on the Cleveland Indians.
2: Hi, folks. I am
4: Kevin Weed, longtime diehard Indians fan and admin of a sizable fan group. And, uh, well, what do I foresee in the future that is 2021 for the Cleveland Indians? Well, I think it could be a, an adventure to say the least. Uh, you know, baseball, like any other sport, is built on what-ifs, especially you know, within, with this team. You know, it, if everything falls into place and, and, and people play like we know they can, there's no reason to believe that this team won't contend. That being said, they have a lot more to contend with this year because not only is Minnesota going to be right back in the thick of things but now they have the white socks who are vastly improved so i mean it could it could be a real adventure uh certainly full of ups and downs as baseball seasons always are uh, what would i keep an eye on uh bradley zimmer is one uh his biggest thing is staying healthy you know it's easy for me to be critical of him and, and, and talk about how he has never really gotten it together at the plate but that being said He's also never really been healthy enough to the point where he's been able to put a long, lengthy season of consistent at-bats together. So, I mean, to me, this will be his last opportunity. So for his own sake, he needs to stay healthy. Uh, Roberto Perez, uh, can he get back to 2019 form? Uh, he had a career year in 2019, and and uh, that would certainly be a big boost to the lineup if he can get back to that. Uh, another thing to keep an eye on, will be James Karincheck. Uh Can he solidify himself as this team's closer? He's certainly got the stuff. The question for him has always been a matter of control. And if he has control issues uh, going forward, he'll certainly be splitting his time in the closer role with uh, Nick Wickren. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with him. Uh, you know, the strength of this team, as it has been for the last five or so years, is pitching. There's no reason to think that that would be any different this year. Uh, the biggest weakness is the offense from the outfield. Uh, we picked up Eddie Rosario this year, which is I thought was a great addition. Uh, the only issue is is that of the outfielders we have, he's really the only proven hitter. So uh, it would be nice to see some other guys step up and uh, help out on the offensive end of things. Uh, my lineup would go at number one, Cesar Hernandez Hernandez at short. Number two, Jose Ramirez at third. Eddie Rosario will hit, hit number three. Franmil Reyes at four. Josh Naylor hits fifth. Roberto Perez, sixth. Jake Bowers will probably win the first base battle uh, and hit seventh. Batting eighth will be Andres Jimenez and ninth, uh, Bradley Zimmer. Um, And of course, you know, it's easy to pick those top four guys, but, you know, the the five through nine is a little more of a toss-up. With that lineup, uh, I would venture a guess to say they can manage 90 to 91 wins uh which isn't bad but to me it's going to take 98 to 100 wins to win the division so i I put them finishing the season at third behind minnesota and chicago so uh maybe they'll surprise me and i hope they do but uh like i said it'll, it'll be an adventure so we'll have to see how it all plays out have a good
2: one folks
0: Thank you, Kevin. Great job there. What do you think, Jake?
1: Yeah, I think he uh, brought some great points there. I forgot about my boy Whitgren, and, uh, and <laughs> so I did, did, did a little reading into that bullpen because uh, he didn't mention my boy Emmanuel Klaes, which is a little little upsetting. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I was looking at it, and actually, uh, they're saying that um, Karniak is going to get... Karnjak's gonna be kind of like their fireman again. They said he might not be pitching pitching in the ninth. He's gonna be pitching in the highest leverage situations. So they're saying, uh, yeah, they're actually saying it's gonna be between Clayson and run for the uh, for that closer closer role. And I think if Emmanuel Clayson is, is in there, I think he's a, an exceptional breakout candidate. He's I mean he's got a 99 mile an hour cutter and he's a stud. And, and another point I wanted to talk about with his uh, with his take there is. The uh, Andres Jimenez and Ahmad, Ahmed Rosario thing. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it looks like Andres Jimenez has locked up that uh, everyday shortstop job. So I'm really curious to see where uh, where Amed Rosario yeah.
2: locked in.
1: See if see if he's maybe uh, you know a platoon guy at at second or what, what they kind of do with him.
0: Yeah, I'm also interested to see Jake Bowers this year cuz he's a guy they traded for a couple yeah. years ago. We didn't see him at all last year. He's a guy who has shown some upside and we heard a lot about coming up through the minors through 2 years. He's got a 2.14 batting average, a 3.14 OBP, a 691 OPS. Now, Jake Bowers is only he's only 25 years old though, and we haven't seen that's through a career uh, eight hundred eleven plate appearances, two hundred thirteen games. So, could Jake Bowers maybe this? This is the opportunity for a guy like him to potentially break out. I don't. I wouldn't hedge my bets on it, but I think in order for the Indians to contend, they're going to need that production out of guys like him this year.
1: Absolutely, and another guy. I mean, Bradley Zimmer's in that same category too. And another guy that, yeah. fits, that fits that mold is Josh Naylor. He was actually a uh, you know a pretty decent chip in that uh, Clevenger trade, and he's only he's going to be in his age twenty four season going or he's going into his age twenty four season. You know he's a career two fifty hitter, but he's a guy that's uh, you know got some some decent potential. He's got a little bit of pop in his bat, and and, yeah. and Indians saw something in him to, to make him one of the big parts of that trade. So I'd like to see him break out too, maybe. The thing is that that's not, the Lions just got a couple guys who. You know, if you can get breakouts from one or two of these guys, then it's a team that's definitely going to compete.
0: And so we compare them. And by the way, I like that you mentioned Tristan McKenzie. Tristan McKenzie's got great stuff, number 51 prospect in all of baseball. Cal Quantrill is another guy that they picked up from one of these trades that was probably the Clevenger deal. Yeah. And so they got, I mean, look, the rotation isn't a concern at all. The question, though, becomes, and I, I don't think that we see this, it's just like after you trade a face of your franchise like Lindor, what is the message you're sending to your club in this season? Is it, hey, you know what? We're going to have to reload for a year or two, and then we come back in a year or two. Is it that we can still try to compete now? I just don't really think they can. There's not enough offensively and then you wonder: Is are some of these guys now? I don't think they would ever trade Shane Bieber, but if there was a time to trade Shane Bieber and get a huge haul for him, it would be
5: now.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, if if they if, you know start off first three months of the season and they're under 500, it's definitely something they're gonna have to consider. But yeah.
0: uh, I don't think we see it because he's so young, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a point in this season where they were to start selling off some parts. Maybe you get a guy like Bowers to break out in the first half, and he's a trade chip if the team isn't performing.
1: Jack, I got a question for you. This is, this is a good one right here. Yeah. And yeah. which which rotation would you rather have in 2025? Which one, two, three right here? Would you rather have uh, <laughs> Casey Mize, Tariq Skugel, and Matt Manning? Or do you have Shane Beaver? Uh, Zach, please and Tristan McKenzie in 2025. It-
0: that's a, yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> I would take I take the Indians' one just because we've seen Bieber and Plasc yep. prove it at the major league level and you know, people like to call these prospects minor league suspects. You don't know what they actually amount yeah, no. to in the bigs.
3: No, you're right. But
0: my goodness, that would be oh my goodness. And then you're potentially looking at In addition to that, what the White Sox could potentially have, and we'll talk about them in a short bit. But, yeah, I guess the real question here is, so in terms of prospects, I think we should mention who we could see this year in terms of uh, top 100 guys. We're looking at Nolan Jones, who's the number 36 prospect in all of baseball. He could be a high-impact guy. Uh, There's room for guys, now look, Ramirez is playing third base, but you can move Nolan maybe over to first base. you d h, you do some stuff. He's a type of guy who should have plenty of opportunities. He's expected to arrive this year number thirty six prospect in all baseball. the uh, so I mean, he's a I mean there should be no short of of opportunities for him because they're going to need those bats.
1: yeah, no doubt. and they've got a lot of guys who can play multiple positions, so if he's hitting, then he's gonna play.
0: So then, on the Kansas City side, go moving back to them. They have Daniel Lynch, number twenty nine prospect in all of baseball, left handed pitcher, six foot six. He's a big guy. Similarly to Jones, they're going to need pitchers just to, to step up. So he should have no shortage of opportunities there in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I mean that's what they need. They need a you know another arm to pair with Brady Singer for the next five years. and and so, if the, if that can be their guy, then good for them. I mean, that's that's big for a, a lineup that's already you know built to win right now.
0: So then the question becomes: Do you like the Royals or the Indians? And we're looking at seventy-two and a half for Kansas City, eighty-one and a half for Cleveland. What do you
1: think, Jake? Uh, I, I like the Indians, Jack. I think the Royals. I think the Royals can definitely hit that seventy-two and a half over. I wouldn't bet on it, but uh, I would if I had some theoretical money that I could, uh, you know, throw for free. I would <laughs> definitely, definitely take the Indians over eighty-one and a half. I think, I think they're, at, I think I could see them being a seventy-win ball game and really collapsing, but I think they're an eighty-eighty-three-win ball game or ball team. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm actually I'm going under on Cleveland. I'm going over on Kansas City. I think those teams are actually going to be relatively close. I could see both of them around 76 to 78 wins. For all the med- reasons we mentioned, I think Cleveland has taken a step back this year. Now, look, I, I understand it. They have a great rotation, they have Francona. When you have a great rotation, you should be competitive, you should be in a lot of games. So. For that reason, I will give Cleveland a slight edge over Kansas City. I'll go, let's say, 77 for Kansas City, 78 for Cleveland.
1: Nice. I like it. I
0: like it. All right. Now, the next one, 88.5. And And now this probably has moved over the last 24 hours based on the status of Aloy Jimenez, but Minnesota Twins at 88.5. Unfortunately... No Twins voicemail for you, Jake, but I do have two White Sox voicemails once we get to the White Sox.
1: All right, all right. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm <laughs> looking forward to a little Twins voicemail, but hey, we're going to have to dissect them ourselves. <laughs> uh, so so I think this is, you know, arguably the best lineup in baseball. They, they're going to absolutely, yeah. absolutely bash, you know, one through nine. But uh, it's, it's the rotation where you really got the question marks. I mean, the bullpen should be pretty yeah. good. Bullpen, uh, you know they picked up Hansel Robles. He was the best arm in the LA bullpen for a while. Um, guy like Tyler Duffy, solid. Or, uh, Taylor Rogers is, you know, one of the best left-handers in the game, and and Alex Calame. Obviously, he's gonna be, uh, I think, locking down games for them. But for the yeah, great pickup. Yeah, for the rotation though, I mean, after the one, the one-two punch is really good. I think that's one of the better one-two punches in the AL with Maeda and Bar- Barrios. I think Maeda is one of the most underrated pitchers in the game. And uh, but then after that falls to AJ or uh, J Happ, Michael Pineda and Randy Dobnik. I like Randy Dobnik a little bit, but I don't know, man. I don't know if that's even that's a three, four, five that's really gonna really gonna struggle in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it feels like the classic Twins team that we've sort of seen over the last couple of years, where they're going to light up the scoreboard, they're going to score runs, and for that reason, they're going to win. I think enough games to get into the playoffs. I have them winning my uh, second wild card in this division, which would mean we would have a Yankees Twins wild card game once again. The problem with the Twins, and part of it stems to their rotation, or lack thereof, (laughs) is uh, just the Twins don't win in October. If you're a Twins fan, you're a Minnesota fan, you do not have much confidence in any of your teams in the city, for that matter. I mean, the Twins last year, they choked. They were up in Game 1 of the best of three against Houston, and Jorge Polanco makes that error, and that was just, oh gosh, it was... It was sad to see for Twins fans. It was sad to see for that team, but they're a team that needs to get over that hump eventually. I think the White Sox are just going to be significantly better than the Twins this year. Over the last couple years, I mean, last year we had a great race. Twins won 36 games. They won 101 the year before that. But the Sox have caught up with them, and I think we see the Sox surpass the Twins this year.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I'm obviously picking the Sox to win the division. I, I think they, I think they could even win it handily. I think the Twins could take a step back, but at the same time, yeah. I do, I do like a lot of the moves they made. I think the Al Palame move is excellent, and then like yeah. obviously to replace said, Trevor May. Yeah, yeah. And then you talked about the uh, you talked about the error to basically end their season in the playoffs last year. They went out and they went out and got the best defensive shortstop in baseball. So. Yeah, I'm glad was, you brought
0: that up. Andrelton Simmons moves over, and that brings Polanco over to second base. He always looked more like a second baseman anyway. Maybe it's just because Placido Polanco was such a good second baseman, but yeah. <laughs> Andrelton Simmons, uh, great pickup.
1: Yeah, and then I'm curious to see where a guy, or the guy like Luis Arias slots in because you know two yeah. years ago, two years ago he was a preseason MVP dark horse candidate. A lot of people were like huge on him. And obviously had a rough 60-game stretch last year, but you know, with Jorge Blanco siding over to second, they already got uh, a yet Donaldson at third. I'm curious to see if Arise is going to get some time at third with Donaldson maybe playing DH on Nelson Cruz's off days, or I don't know. Curious to see what they do with him.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see that. They also have two more. Uh, they have a couple of top 100 position players expected to arrive this summer. Trevor Larnick. An outfielder and Alex Kirillov. Uh he's an outfielder slash first baseman. I don't know like where those guys are going to get there at bats, though, because this is a really good lineup. There's a lot of depth here.
1: Right. I mean I I, I can see Kirloff slotting in there in one of the corner outfield spots and you know, if obviously yeah, I hope Byron Buxton can stay healthy. He's one of my favorite players in the game, but he just can never yeah. stay on the field. So I think that's where you uh that's where you start slotting these guys up. Kirilov really struggled in the spring, so uh, he's not. He, he, I think they just sent him back to the uh, alternate squad last night. Yeah, but uh, but he's a guy. I mean, he's a top-end prospect and he's got big-time potential. So I'd like to see him get some regular A.B.s. I know he did get called up last year for a little bit, and I can't remember, but I think he did pretty well.
0: Yeah, I honestly again last year is just such a blur, and uh, I don't I don't remember either. But they do have Nelson Cruz coming back once again now at age forty. Man, that guy just uh, he ages like fine wine. He's
1: just, he's, okay. <laughs> he's like the Tom Brady of baseball players. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Except we do know that Nelson Cruz has had a little bit of an aid from some type of substances in the past. Uh, so. I don't know. You you sometimes just wonder, like, if this guy's tested positive for something in the past, and he's still putting up these numbers. He's still jacked at age forty. You just say, "Hmm, that that's a little interesting, Jake."
1: Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> working on that one. But uh, but you know, believe what you want to believe, and and I'm a big no to these guys, so I'll I'll, I'll stay uh, stay naive on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So. We have the Twins at 88 and a half. I think that's actually one of the uh, safest overs, I think. I think that, look, if I have Cleveland winning 78, Kansas City winning 77, and Detroit winning 63, I think that you're going to see these top two teams ganging up on these other three teams. Now, you like Cleveland a little more than I do. And for that reason, I mean, again, with what you see in this division and what you see in the American League... I think that these teams could technically be like five wins better than they actually would be in sort of a a more stabilized league or division. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to go with over on the Minnesota Twins. I'd say they win, I think they win 91 games. It feels like that seems pretty uh, pretty, uh, obtainable for them.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely. I mean, I'd I'd love to sit here and take the over, but I think I took the over for for all three uh, bottom feeders in the division. So I want to take the under. I could I could see them falling back. I just think they're going to lose too many games from the three, four, five in that rotation. And then if you get an injury yeah. to Barrios or Maida, and Maida struggled to stay on the field throughout his career anyway, so if you get an injury to one of those guys, you. Throwing out one of the worst, probably the easily the worst division or the worst uh, rotation. Actually, no, the Royals' are, rotation is pretty bad. But you're throwing out the second worst, <laughs> second worst rotation in that division. So uh, I don't know, Jack. It's tough for me to pick them. I've I've just always been off the Twins. You know, the last three years I've consistently <laughs> picked them to, you know, finish under their win total, and I was always, always proved me wrong. So I'll just I'll go at it one more time. <laughs>
0: Over on four teams so far in what you said might be the worst division other than the (laughs) National League
2: Central. That explains my
1: uh, my betting career, too. I never take unders.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Our final team, I got two voicemails here on the Chicago White Sox. And people are pretty... Excited about the Chicago White Sox this year, uh, especially in Chicago here. So let me get my uh, let me bring up these. First, we have Matt Yurkovich. I don't think he's related to Yurko on Carmen and Yurko on ESPN radio, but hey, maybe he could be. Matt is he leads one of the uh, White Sox Facebook fan groups, and this is what he sent to me.
6: All right, White Sox fans. Uh, If you've been a fan of this team for any period of time in the last decade, this is the season you've been waiting for. A roster that is built to win uh, with a manager like or hate the hire uh, who also knows how to win. Uh, This team is ready. The competition window is open. Uh, Something we've been waiting for since, I don't even know, 2010. And after last year's playoff run in the abbreviated season, White Sox fans have a lot to be excited about. Uh, I think it's a uh, 90-win-plus ball club. The top three members of the rotation, uh, Giolito, Keuchel, and Lance Lynn, figure to be 12-18 to game winners across the board. Uh, And whether you're confident about the fourth and fifth starting spots, Probably in the long run really doesn't matter because the bullpen looks pretty stellar with the addition of guys like Kopek and Crochet out there uh, adding live arms that can also potentially start later in the season. Uh, And they solidified the back end with Liam Hendricks. The lineup, uh, really, really good from top to bottom. Uh, Tim Anderson continues to develop uh, as an offensive weapon. Of course, you have the return of... Jose Abreu doing all the things that he usually does. You have Luis Robert, a year more experienced. Eloy Jimenez, a year more experienced. And then, of course, you have Monty Grandal, who didn't have a great season in the 60 games last year. I think rebounds really well uh, this year. All in all, uh, I'm looking for big things from this team this season. Uh, And there's going to be some young guy mistakes. I, I think we're all aware of that but uh, on paper it shapes up to be a really competitive team uh, in the Central Uh, even with Minnesota doing the things that they've done I think the White Sox are still the favorite in the division I don't expect Cleveland to be much of a factor and then of course Detroit and Kansas City uh, really aren't uh, everything we think they're going to be so I'm looking forward to the season I hope the rest of you are as well and uh, we should be expecting big things.
0: All right. Good job by Matt. Yeah, Great yeah. voicemail there. <laughs> really, really loved it. Thanks, Matt. And we got another one here. This one is from Justin Gustafson. Now, Justin lived on the same floor as I did in college, uh, sophomore year of college. And Justin's a he's a character. He loves the White Sox. I thought he'd be an awesome guy to have submit something. So here's part two. Hey, special, exciting time here. I live in Chicago. They're the only team to get two voicemail messages. Shout out to them. Here's what Justin had to say on the White Sox.
5: If there's one thing we knew about the White Sox last year, it was that they could hit the ball. With players like Luis Robert, Yasmany Grandal, and the MVP Jose Abreu were in a pretty big power position. Although Aloy Jimenez's defense is in question, he could swing the bat pretty well, and I do believe he could be a future MVP, just like he says. With additions such as big country Lance Lynn and the Aussie Liam Hendricks. The White Sox have put themselves into a power position to win the division. Although Minnesota has climbed up through the ranks as well by picking up a former White Sox uh, closing pitcher Colomay and their offense is very good. Um, I do think that the White Sox will end up winning the division winning, squeaking by with 88-92 to wins This year, Uh, I think Cleveland is a joke. They're frauds. It's the 21st century, and they still have that terrible name. Nobody likes Cleveland. Now, the question is: If you had a choice to go on vacation, are you going to go to Cleveland? No, absolutely not. Listen to Joakim Noah. Nobody wants to go on vacation in Cleveland. That's the longest I'll ever talk about Cleveland in my entire life. With the bullpen and starting rotation bolstered this year. I predict the White Sox taking the division and it will be division or it'll be uh
0: <laughs> I don't know what happened to the end of that recording <laughs> that but good. Justin was... I think he nailed his audition for Barstool Chicago yeah, right man, there. <laughs> that <was> excellent
1: content. <laughs> that was good. No, we won't we
0: won't we won't touch on the Indians name. That's a conversation for another podcast. <laughs> um Hey, I I got no problem with the city of Cleveland, uh, so don't don't attribute that to me to my Indians fans. I apologize on behalf <laughs> of my friend, uh, but hey, Justin has some strong feelings about the city of
1: Cleveland. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, hey, I think he made some great points there. I mean, I'm not a huge Cleveland guy as it is either, but uh, no, nah, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think he uh, I think he. I mean, obviously, hit it right in the head. I think they win the division, two. I think they should win it handily, even without Eloy. Because, I don't know, man, I just think this rotation is a lot better than people are giving it credit for. Giolito, Lynn, Keuchel, Kopech, Cease? Whew. And then the, the bullpen, I mean, bullpen could be up there with the best in the league. Or Liam Hendricks, and then if you can get, you know, Crochet to, to be what he was in the playoffs last year, and for in his, you know, short six inning stint last year. And then Aaron Bummer is a nice breakout candidate out of that bullpen. I just think this is a deeper pitching stuff than we're giving it credit for. And then you combine it with one of the best lineups in baseball. And I don't know, man, this could be a this is I hate to spoil it, but this is my prime I pick to to win win the AL.
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed that we're disagreeing on that, Jake, because I am also going with the um, national, <laughs> I'm going with the Chicago White Sox as my American League champs. Jake, I love this team. When Justin sent me that voicemail, it was before Aloy Jimenez had gotten injured, so it's kind of funny that he mentioned he was wor- concerned about Aloy's defense, uh as a lot of people were now mm-hmm. Aloy was one of my guys who were on my list for American League MVP this year because look, I think that it's going to be so interesting. The Tony Larusa pickup as a manager was highly scrutinized this past winter and I understand it to a certain degree. Look, you have a young team, you're bringing in a manager at age 77, age 78. It feels like Larusa's the type of guy you bring in when Let's say let's say the Yankees were to finish in third place this year and miss the playoffs, and you need a guy just for two, three years where you're looking at we gotta get over that hump. is your guy for two, three years. You're not looking at Larusa managing this team for the next ten years. That seems unlikely. Uh, so it was definitely a surprising hire. I told you Larusa though, he was ahead of his time analytically. And strategically, when he managed, Tony La Russa has won the Manager of the Year award four times, three different organizations. Last time, he did, it with, he did it twice with the White Sox. Jake, my bold prediction, one of my bold predictions for this year, I like Tony La Russa wins the American League Manager of the Year once again for the fifth time.
1: Wow, I actually love that bold prediction. I I didn't fill <laughs> out my Manager of the Year. I actually forgot about that one. But that's a, that's a great if, – if it was like the NBA where, where you know, you got to kind of have a storyline with the MVP, if it was that way for, uh, you know, for manager of the year, then absolutely, because this is going to be a great storyline. If the Sox can produce and the Sox can, you know, get, finish with the best record in the AL, yeah absolutely wins it, I think. And it was such a scrutinized hire for, for the reasons you <laughs> said, you know. If it, you've got such a young team, I would imagine they would have wanted to go with a guy like A.J. Hinch who can be there for the long run but uh but you know it's it was an interesting hire. It kinda of puts him in a win now position. So and I like what they did. They went they really did go win now with Lance Lynn and Liam yeah. Hendricks and Tony La Russa. and so I like it.
0: Now I do think they're going to need an ad, a, a fifth starter potentially. Uh now look, you're looking at right now, they just optioned Ronaldo Lopez to the minors and I was surprised they even brought him back after what we saw of him last year. He really struggled. They're sort of banking on Carlos Rodon to figure it out as their fifth starter. Not a bad little risk to take in the first half. I think they're probably going to need to add uh, a fifth starter. But, hey, Michael Kopech, maybe he comes back and he can work into that rotation. Do you know what the status on Kopech is right now?
1: Yeah, I think he's coming. I think he's... He's coming back sometime early in the season. Let me look
2: this up for you, Jack. Yeah. But, but me yeah, and my buddy. So
0: assuming oh. assuming Kopech comes back early, he can slot in. So Rodon could be a placeholder. And now with your rotation of Giolito, Keuchel, Lynn, Cease, and Kopech, that is a very high upside rotation.
1: Yeah. So I'm, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Exactly That's that's why I'm picking this team because I think they do have a lot. And, and Carlos Verdana is a guy I didn't even name. You're just, I'm glad you talked about him, too, because he's a guy that you know could be a very like reliable fifth starter, and he also could be a very good piece of the bullpen. I think he is going you know, to open it up in the rotation, though, because uh, I'm looking at Kopech right here, and it says that he's going to serve as a reliever to start. But he will be starting the season off. So, I mean, if he can pitch well out of the bullpen, then definitely going to get his chance in the rotation.
0: I mean, there were guys last year, Garrett Crochet comes up, and he was drafted out of Louisville just a few months before that. He came up so quick, and he was – I mean, that dude's got a rocket of an arm.
1: Gosh, he's so fun to watch.
0: (laughs) And then Madrigal was great last year. Andrew Vaughn, age 22, another high draft pick, uh, number 14 prospect all baseball. We should see him this year. Now, with Aloy going down – Yesterday, a lot of people were comparing him to potentially taking on that Schwarber role of the out of place left fielder for this club.
1: Yeah, I saw that. That's actually uh, very interesting to me because, you know, I, I think unless they are planning on signing and Carnacion, they're still going to have the DH slot open most days. So, so I could see them at least giving a uh, you know giving Bon a chance at the left. But I just I don't see how that that works out. No, I
0: don't see it at all because he's a first baseman and you're looking at a guy I look, if this was a National League team, absolutely, but it seems very unnecessary. Their defense in the past has been one of their sore spots. So uh yeah, I just don't it doesn't make sense because if you look at the long-term thing, you're still going to have Abreu, you're still going to have Aloy so where are you going to play him? Like he's probably going to be a DH unless you want to have a Brayu DHing. I think you're probably maybe you rotate those guys a little bit to give them some days where they don't have to play in the field all the time. But it, it just doesn't seem like that's a long term option for the White Sox.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think I think it's going to be a short experiment because they're going to realize quickly (laughs) that uh, Andrew Vaughn... If they even go that route. Yeah, I guess they're they're playing him today and left in uh, the spring training. though. interesting. So,
0: yeah, we got... I mean, this team, what's not to love about the White Sox? If they were playing in the AL East, the AL East, you got the Yankees, Rays, and the Blue Jays, all very potentially competitive. And then the Red Sox probably aren't even going to be... I don't think they're going to be a quote-unquote bad team but they're in the AL Central. So without Aloy, I think they can be I think they'll be okay just cuz I think this team is so deep and so good. Uh, but yeah, thinking about this team in comparison to the other teams in the American League, American League's wide open. We mentioned it at the top of the show. You could talk yourself into really any of these teams just as you can talk yourself out of any of those teams. I like this team to win the American League this year. And again, I just don't, well, yeah, they haven't look their pitching staff is high upside. Is it solidified? Maybe not, maybe not yet. You got some guys like Cease and Giolito who haven't had much playoff experience, but I, I think that, I, there's no rotation in the American league that really scares me that I think has some supreme advantage over any other team in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, Sox, you know, might finish the year with best best rotation in the AL. Yeah,
0: it's it's a possibility. You know, just a few years ago, this team was really really scraping the bottom of the barrel. And hey, if you are patient with your rebuild, you draft and develop players well, you make good trades. I mean, my goodness, this is batting order—they're gonna. I just see a very complete team on paper, probably the most complete team in the American League, and I think. The White Sox, a lot of people are c- categorizing the White Sox, the Padres, and the Mets sort of in that same type of spot where they're teams that have struggled in recent years, and this year is their chance to potentially turn the corner. I think that with the uh, with the White Sox, though, it's I think they're in a very different spot because when you look at those divisions, well, the Padres have the Dodgers in their division. The Dodgers... I think you're going to win the NL West once again. The Mets have the Braves in their division, so you're talking about two teams that are behind. They have to play and surpass the two best front office teams in the National League, in my opinion. The White Sox, the division is theirs for the taking. Uh, None of these other teams scare me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. They're, I mean, they're in a. I told my buddy that the other day. He's a White Sox fan. I told him that they're in. A, they got one thing that I that I wish the Phillies had, and that's that's a weak division. Because <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same thing like you said for the Mets. I mean, the Mets are Mets. You can make an argument that they're a better team than the White Sox on paper, but I'm not going to pick them to finish with more wins by any means because you know the Mets are in the toughest division in baseball.
0: Yeah. My goodness, there's so many guys. They got Adam Eaton back. I like that pickup. He shores up their team a little defensively. Luis Robert was <laughs> he was in the pole position for Rookie of the Year until you know he started to hit a little bit of slump in the last month, and Kyle Lewis surpassed him. I mean, yeah. my goodness, Tim Anderson came close to winning the batting title for a second straight year. Mancada, Madrigal, Abreu, Grandal, Zach Collins is finally going to be on the big league roster this year. Yeah. Give me the White Sox of uh, the American League.
1: Give me the White... <laughs> yeah. I'm taking the White Sox. Seriously, I'm taking the White Sox too, Jack. And I mean, with that, we can transition <laughs> into, our, uh, into our picks if you want.
0: Yeah, yeah. So circling back, this is, again, the grand finale of the preview. So I took Oakland in the West. I took the White Sox in the Central. I took the Rays to win the East. And I have the Yankees and the Twins as my card teams in the American League. I think that you're looking at for an ALCS, it, it it could really depend on where some of these teams finish. So, oh, yeah, over under total, by the way. We should do that real quick. White Sox, 91.5. I have them at 97. How many wins for you, Jake? Yeah, I'm going to take them at like, ugh, I'm going to take them at 98, 99, maybe. <sighs> so, 97 gets them the one seed in the postseason. Which I don't think you want the one seed in the postseason because then, <laughs> then you got to see the potentially the Yankees, the Rays, or whomever you have coming out of that wild card spot. That's true. Um, nevertheless,
1: pa- though, you probably want that two seed because the West, the winner yeah. of the West, is probably going to be the weakest team in the playoffs.
0: I think so too. Yeah, and so I would love to see the A's or the Astros. Uh, nevertheless, I think that's that's a huge blessing if the in my where I have the Rays winning the division. I think if the Rays and the Yankees were to play each other in a five-game series once again, I think the Yankees are going to win it this time because I think, hey, what happened last time? They were neck and neck so close, and uh, I think the Yankees would surpass them this time. In this particular instance, though, I'm looking at Rays, A's, ALDS, so give me the give me the White Sox and the Rays and the
1: ALCS for me, Jake. I like that. I like that. So, uh, so for mine, I'm going to go with let uh, me go with the Angels to win the West. Like I said a little bit earlier, I think uh, I'm I mean, just hoping for a full season of Otani and you know a bounce back from Rendon. But uh, then I'm going to take the White Sox to win Central, obviously, and uh, I'm going to take the Yanks to win the East. I had the had the Blue Jays slotted in, but it looks like Springer's going to miss some time, and and they didn't they didn't share up the bullpen as much as I would have liked. To. Yeah. And uh and then I'm gonna take the uh Rays to was that yeah, I said all my three divisions. I'm gonna take the Rays to get yep. one of those wild cards and then I'm gonna take the blue jays to get the other wild card. So I'm gonna have oh Yeah, Jay's Rays a little I like jays, that. Yeah, well Jays Rays action in the uh in the wild <laughs> card. And then I I think the White Sox get that one, get that one seed, and obviously, you know, I think the Yankees are gonna beat the Angels. So I'm gonna take a Yankees White Sox ALCS.
0: Yankees, White Sox. Okay, so that's not too different from mine. I think that the reason why, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Thing with the Yankees, they've not gotten enough production out of their two, three, four starters in the playoffs. That's a that's a big concern this year. I haven't heard great things about Kluber or Ty on at camp this year. The, just a lot of question marks with their rotation they had a better rotation. I would love to pick the Yankees to win the American league, but I think that, uh, yeah, I actually think the rays, the thing with the rays also, it's like, I think they're going to be a very good to a great regular season team, but they're also in a similar spot where I think they're bullpenning and their depth in their rotation. They have a lot of young guys coming up this year that aren't on really anyone's radars. You got maybe a bounce back from Chris Archer. I think that it's going to serve them very well in the regular season. But similar to the Yankees, I just don't really think that past glass now, maybe Ryan Yarbrough, no one else is solidified in that rotation come postseason time. And uh, But I mean, you could say that about any team. I just think, yeah, that's where I would have the White Sox uh, topping the Rays. Although I think the Rays will surprise a lot of people, and I think they could give the Sox a good run for their money. Yeah, well, I'm with you on that one. Alright, so National League. I took Dodgers out West. I took the Cardinals in the Central. I took the uh, I took the Braves in the East. And then uh, Phillies and Cubs in the Wild Card. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have the Cubs, Jake. That was a joke. <laughs> 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 no, Phillies... <laughs> And I also took, let's see, who did I? Have? Oh, Padres, Padres, of course. So yep. Padres and Phillies. Those are my NL teams.
1: Nice, I like it. Mine's, mine's actually uh, really similar to that. Besides that, uh, so I got the Mets winning, winning the East. And uh, oh, okay. Well, actually, mine's not too similar. Mine's all different curves, but I got the Mets winning the East. Yeah. Um, I got the Brewers win in the Central. I think the Brewers' young pitching is actually, you know, the, I like
0: the Brewers too.
1: I, I think I think their pitching is going to surprise a lot of people this year. And then uh, I got the Padres win in the West. So I think the Padres, I think they're going to be hungrier this year. I think they've set a deeper, I just think they have deeper pitching, which is surprising to hear because the Dodgers, you know, have <laughs> some of the deepest pitching in baseball. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I just think the Padres are going to be more hungry for that for the regular season division title. And then uh, I'm gonna pick the Phillies and the uh, Dodgers to make my so make the wild card. I'll take the Dodgers over the Phillies in the wild card game, unfortunately. And then I'm gonna have a uh, Padres facing the Dodgers in the first in the ALD or the NLDS. And I think the Dodgers win that game. I think the Dodgers. Oh. I think the Dodgers yeah. lose the division, but come back hungry in the playoffs. And uh, and then I'm gonna have Mets over Brewers. And I hate to do it, but I got the Dodgers win the world series again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So yes, mine is definitely different because I do think the Dodgers will come out very hungry. I think the fact that the Padres weren't quiet this offseason put a little bit yeah, of a bullseye on their back. It. Yeah. I think and no, people have discredited no, right. their title. I think the Dodgers are going to come out guns blazing. Now, There isn't a team that I like more than the Dodgers in baseball this year. I think they have the best team. Having said that, however, in a matchup, in a seven-game series, I think we're going to see a Braves-Dodgers rematch. And look, last year, the Braves had their number. They were up 3 one Keep in mind there were no off days in that series. So they didn't have an opportunity to kind of reload their rotation. They had to throw AJ Minter in one game. Yep. It was such a weird season. I loved the Braves' bullpen last year. The fact that their bullpen came up short and Will Smith struggled was shocking to me. They were in, they were in position. It looked like they were going to go to the World Series when they were up in game five. And then Will Smith uh had a meltdown. I think that. I love the Braves this year. The big thing is their lineup is going to need to produce the way that it did a season ago. You add Soroka back to their rotation. You're getting somebody. You add Charlie Morton, so you have another solid postseason guy. And then Ian Anderson was fantastic last year. Max Fried was fantastic last year. Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright, they got postseason reps. I think what they went through last year was their initiation in the National League uh, playoffs. Now look, they had lost a couple times. I think that that really those reps were great for their guys. I like the comeback. Uh, and I think if you go seven once again, it's going to be extremely difficult for the Dodgers to beat them in seven once again. And that is under the assumption that the Braves lineup produces the same way it did a year ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, Braves on paper, in my opinion, easily the best team in that division. But it's just here's the way I look at it. So they've had so much go their way, so much go right in the past, you know, a couple <laughs> years, and and I just think this is going to be that year for them where you know I'm not expecting Marcelo Zuna to put up MVP like numbers again. Soroka is going to be hurt for he's going to miss significant time. I just think it's going to be that year, for the, and they didn't add enough to the bullpen. I think the bullpen is going to be a little shaky. Still going to be good, but I think just take a big step back. And I, I just think it's going to be one of those years where it's kind of you know a lot of a lot of things go bad for him, uh, A couple injuries. I'm not going to hope for it, but uh, I don't <laughs> know that 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 division is so tough, man. If they they miss Soroka, if they miss Soroka for a little little bit more time than expected, and Acuna goes down, which he's shown to be uh, you know hit the IL once once or twice a year. If he goes down for a significant time, and I mean, they're the first month of the season for the Braves is a lot of division games, so so missing Soroka there is going to be tough. And and, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm a little optimistic. It's it's my Philly, (laughs) you know, my Philly (laughs) fandom inside me. But I'm I'm feeling. Yeah, you don't even have the Braves making the playoffs. That's pretty wild. I know. I I have them missing, but I think with that being said, I think they're going to be the most dominant team in the NL for for the next decade. Uh, you know, five, five, ten years or so. And and I, yeah. I, know, I just, I just think that I expect them to do this pretty much every year. And I think this is the one year where they're going to take a step back because Soroka missing time. I don't think they went out and just did nothing free agency too. And, and then Pache and, and Waters, their young guys are still kind of a year away and they're kind of got a log jam out there in outfield. So it'll be a team that benefits big time from the DH but if, yeah. if the DH doesn't come back this year, then, then I don't know, man. I think Marcelo Zun is going to be a kind of a liability out there.
0: Yeah, that's a real great point about the DH. I think, though, that trade that you pitched year and a half ago on this podcast <laughs> finally comes to fruition. I think the Braves are going to add Chris Bryant. And, you know, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked him up as a free agent next year and signed him to a one-year deal. Um, and then Chris Bryant has that major bounce back with the Braves. He's just the perfect guy you could slot into that order. They need help at third base with Austin Riley maybe not being the guy if he doesn't produce. he's the right mold of what they get with these guys like Josh Donaldson.
1: Yeah, no I, you're I mean you're, you're you're hitting on the head there. they're a big one year deal team and I can definitely see that happen. I could even see it, you know, if they're going to be a team that's going to be aggressive, they've got a lot of trade trade pieces, you know, great farm system. And, you know, why not? If KB's value drops, Cubs aren't in, in position to win and they're shopping them, why wouldn't they do that, especially if Austin Riley's not producing?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to, in my World Series, I have the Braves beating the White Sox. I think the White Sox are... This is the next step in their progression and then maybe next year with those guys in the rotation and in their lineup just getting better and better. Maybe next year is the year that the Sox actually take the World Series. I also think the National League is superior to the American League this year. I was listening to Mad Dog Sports Radio yesterday and there was a guest on. I I wish I could remember who his name was, but him and Mad Dog were saying that If you were to do power rankings of Major League Baseball teams, legitimately, you might not get to the American League until you hit team number four or team number five. Like The National League is really dang good this year, and we had seen for a long time that people had always looked at the American League as superior. I think the National League is superior this year, Uh, and I think... I think the Braves get it done. I think they've suffered long enough. I think Atlanta fans have waited long enough. Now, <laughs> it would have it would require something good happening to Atlanta sports fans, which just doesn't really happen
1: anymore. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm begging on, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Braves. Give me the Braves, baby. I like it, Jack. I think it's a good pick. I think, to your point that you said about a minute ago, I think you could definitely make the argument that the top four teams in the MLB – are the, uh, you know, Dodgers, Padres, Mets and, Bra- Mets and Braves, and all in that island. And there's
0: even, Jake, I think the Cardinals even have a chance to, we haven't talked about them at all in this show, but the Cardinals have an opportunity to slide into that spot. Um, Absolutely. Let's talk Absolutely. about our award picks. Yeah, yeah. So, and that that leads me into my National League MVP pick this year. I'm going to go with Nolan Arenado, finally brings home the hardware and he shows people that it's not just a Colorado thing. He's going to get it done in in St. Louis at Busch Stadium. Give me Arenado for the for the NL MVP. Nice. I like that. I'm
1: going with a... Pretty- takes the takes the Cardinals up a notch too, I yeah, think. Yeah. I'm going with a pretty basic pick here. I just think he's the best hitter I've ever seen with my two eyes. I think Juan Soto is... is- the next Barry Bonds, and oh, wow. I, know, I think he's, i think I think he's got five MVPs under his belt before he retires. That I, I hate to say, but I think this is one of them.
0: Yeah, that's and then he was uh, on
1: my list. Yeah, and then and yeah, and then uh, and then competing with him, I just got a uh, three guys right here. I think Yelich, Harper, and Lindor. I think all guys are going to have big time backs. Yeah, and uh, and they're all going to be competing. They're all they're all going to be a good team. It's going to be right down the wire. And. I don't know. I expect big things from Bryce. It's obviously my Philly optimism, but hey, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I actually wanted to pick Yelich for this award because I thought he should have won it in 2019 after
1: he won it in 2018. Yeah. Oh, you agree? I was furious about I was furious about that Jack. That oh, was I I, so I we, crazy. I wish we could have done a pod. Yeah, that was ridiculous. He had yeah,
0: oh. he he was far superior in every category to Bellinger, aside from maybe one, and it was like OPS plus and he played less games. Everyone's like, oh, he didn't play enough games. And it's like, well, he played less games, and he still had more RBIs and more stolen bases. Exactly. And, like, and, keep in mind, there was no consistency on the American League side, because Trout played essentially the same number of games, and he won the award.
1: Yeah, I know. It didn't, didn't make any sense. If Yelich was, was in the AL, he'd already have two MVPs, I think, because <laughs> he would have won that a year over Trout, I'm pretty sure. Don't want to yeah, confirm I, that, but I remember his numbers were just ridiculous, especially the second half of the year.
0: I think that's actually, so I I looked at Yelich and I'm like, I'm going to pick Yelich. And I thought, oh, I could see him getting shafted once again, playing in Milwaukee. (laughs) People get tired of giving it to the same people. Uh, So I I go in Arenado. I like that. American League is real interesting. American League, there are a number of guys. I really like someone like Aloy Jimenez, I think would be an awesome story. I could definitely see that happening this year in terms of like who is the next star to come out of the American League. I actually went in a different direction though and I picked DJ LeMahieu.
1: Ooh, I like that pick. He wasn't even a guy I really really thought about that's a good pick, Jack.
0: Yeah, LeMahieu is finally finally getting the recognition and the credit that he deserves. It's been far too long. Great offensive player, great defensive player. Brings back a little bit of that, you know. So many people are talking about how contact hitter and that part of the game is going extinct. They're still extremely valuable. LeMahieu is a testament to that. Uh, I'm gonna go with
1: LeMahieu in the American League. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, a guy who he's he's been supposed to break out these last two years, and uh, he's a guy I I, you know invested a lot of um, fantasy stock in. But uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I think he's just abs- he's been absolutely raking in spring, and I don't know, man. He he lost like 50 pounds or something like that. Uh, added, a, added a little bit of a, a couple of degrees in his launch angle, which he was he was lining out way too much, and and he just get was hitting a lot of, a lot more base hits than you'd uh than you'd want for a guy with power like that and I think I think this is a year that he just puts it all together. I mean, defensively he's he's always going to be kind of a liability. I'm not sure where he can play this year whether it's first or third, probably probably first in DH. Yeah. But uh, he's a guy he's a guy I think could even push for that triple crown.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's I think there's a really good chance we see a new guy winning it and, and a young guy for that matter. There are a lot of good young stars in the American League. All right, Cy Young this one was hard. I had a hard time with this. Uh, once again, I mean, just I'm looking at the odds and the so this is American League Cy Young from Odd Shark. Cole is the odds on favorite. You got Bieber and Giolito. And I kind of like actually number four on this list. Tyler Glass now. He's the guy I think really, and then past that, there are a lot of wild cards. I actually have Kluber at plus sixteen hundred, which is that seems like a real trap. Uh, <laughs> Chris Sale, another one, 2,000. Um, I like Glassnow, though. I think that, I actually think, and this will lead us into what we talk about with Rookie of the Year. I Glassnow was the ace of the, of the Rays last year, and Snell had already taken home the Cy Young hardware. Snell has more of the reputation, and there was a big moment last year in the postseason that we discussed already last fall when you came on. I think Glasnow, now now again, it's going to be hard. I guess a raised pitcher has already done it. Uh, You're going to need to do a lot to get credit when you're pitching in Tampa. But, yeah, I'll I'll go with Glasnow. I think he's been, it's been really fun to see him uh, kick up his game a couple notches since being traded over there to the Bay.
1: Yeah, man, you hit it on the head there. So, I love Tyler Glasnow. I actually have him finishing fourth in my uh, second race the only reason. Yeah, the only reason I don't have him finishing higher is because of what you said. You know, the Rays are going to hold him back a little bit. Um, it, it, they're going to ease him into it, especially with, you know, this being a 162-game season after a 60-game season. I think they're going to really, you know, if, if he's got shoulder stiffness or anything like that, they're going to play it long. I just don't yeah. think he's going to hit I, – I just, I'm just not sure he's going to hit 25 starts, which would, you know, probably – which is what he's probably going to have to get to get that Cy Young. Um, but but he added he added a slider to his repertoire this offseason season and and he was struggling throwing it in spring but the last two starts he's made in spring he's been dotting the slider and I mean if you compare a slider with that fastball and that curveball he's got game over he's, oh, he, yeah. he'll he'll win the Cy Young and and so I don't know I love Tyler Glass now but uh before him I got I got G Cole winning it I mean I hate to do it but yeah <laughs> I, I think I I think he's going to take a big uh, he, he's going to be a one of those guys that benefits a lot with the new balls because he was a guy that gave up just way too many home runs and uh you know with the new balls they've taken a little bit a little bit of juice out so I think that's gonna help him a lot. And then I got Kent DeMaye to finish in second actually I think Kent has completely oh. been one of the most underrated pitchers in the game. And he was yeah. elite last, elite last year. And he his, was great nine, Yeah, in his nine or ten starts. And then uh and then third I got Shane Bieber. I think he's just gonna have another great year.
0: And who'd you have winning it once again?
1: Oh, G. Cole. I think G. Cole. Cole, Cole, That's right. Yeah, I think he just benefits benefits too much from that. Uh, from the new balls. Okay,
0: National League. It seems. I mean, I just want to say Degrom. It feels like I don't really (laughs) see a rival to Degrom. Uh, maybe Scherzer is a rival, but I'll give you. I, I feel like you're probably also. Do you have Degrom as well, Jake?
1: I wrote Duram down before when I was doing it, and then I, <laughs> I, del- I deleted it about two minutes after that because oh. I was like, I was like you know what? The Grom is the easy pick here.
2: Yeah,
1: I can I say the Grom. Jack might even say the Grom too, but there's another guy I actually really like. So <laughs> okay, I who's him that? Over, over him. Brandon Woodruff. Ooh. Yeah, so Ooh, Brandon, Woodruff, I like it. Brandon Woodruff was excellent in, in his 60-game stint last year. And he's a guy that's got you know elite stuff, and he's got elite, elite swing and miss stuff. And I think, I don't know, man. I just think this is the year he puts it together. I think him and Corbin Burns are going to break out to be one of the best one-two punches in the game. And uh, he's a guy that he's he's a dark horse MVP candidate. Some some uh, some experts are actually picking him to finish in the top three. So he's a guy I'm going to take the chance on. I like
0: it. I like it. Uh, the dark horse guys that I was thinking. Uh, I like Flaherty at plus fifteen hundred. I like Castillo, Luis Castillo at fifteen hundred. Max Freed at plus sixteen hundred. Uh, and then, uh, if you really want one that could really be a shocker, at plus four thousand, Ian Anderson.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think all all those good, all those picks are, you know, real nice dark horse upside picks. Um, I think Freed is a guy who I could easily see winning this year. The guy I actually, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I finished uh, picked to finish in my top four. But uh, but another guy I think is actually, I mean, he, obviously a big name already. He's won, won a couple, but Clayton Kershaw, I think he, he yeah, put it together. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he put it together really he's well. On my list too. Yeah, he went to he went to a driveline academy before last season. So I traded for him in both my fantasy leagues, and I was all in on him, <laughs> and it uh, paid off. And I think this is the year where, I think this is the year where he puts it together and has you know one of those uh, those like prime seasons in the second half of his career, like we've seen from a lot of guys. Clayton
0: Kershaw, as you mentioned, he's another one though, Jake. That I was thinking. He's someone that three years ago, everyone tried to write off and say he was done at age like 29. It was crazy to me. Uh, Kershaw, I think he's still going to win another Cy Young before his career's yep. done. He could do it this year. I like that. All right, real quick. Uh, uh, rookie of the year. I'll give you my National League one. I'm going to say Mackenzie Gore steps into that Padres rotation, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if... Darvish and Snell were to somewhat be, I, I don't want to say disappointing, but just that the shine injuries. is off those guys. Ga- yeah, I would see. Injuries too, you know. Injuries, yeah, yeah. And I think Gore could be the guy that steps in that rotation and really stabilizes it, solidifies it, and ends up being that guy that, uh, I'll give a, a comparison. A couple of years ago when no one, everyone was talking about the Yankees uh, batting order. Noel was talking about Lemayhu at the time, and he was fantastic. I think Mackenzie Gore is going to be that stabilizing force with the Padres this season.
1: I like that pick. Um, I got a kind of similar pick, so I'm kind of hedging my bets here with the Braves, and uh, I got Cabrian Hayes winning it, but I think Ian Anderson is is a very close second. I think Ian Anderson is yeah. going to be he's going to be a, the rock for that rotation, obviously with along with Freed. But uh, I think Anderson's gonna have a great year again, and I mean, if he can if he can fill in for uh, for Soroka and, and you know produce down the stretch, he's definitely got a shot to win that.
0: Yeah, I forgot that I could even vote for him for Rookie <laughs> of the Year this year. But yeah, that's a good one. Okay, and then American League, there are a number of guys. You got Wander Franco, Adley Rushman, Jared Kelenic, and uh, my gosh, they are Nate Pearson. I'll I'll go with Franco with the Rays. Yeah. I think that's the hardest award to pick.
1: Yeah, I agree, but uh I actually got a uh, you know, kind of hot take here for this one. Uh, <laughs> so, so you heard it here first. Jared Kellenick is going to be multi multi-time battle, batting title winner. He's going to win an MVP, <laughs> maybe two, and I think he's going to be an absolute star. I think he breaks out this year right when He's called up first day in uh, first day in May when he can, and I think he's going to be an absolute stud. But, a, but a, yeah, a, I,
0: I don't think that's actually too hot of a take. I feel like he's the most I, I've been hearing yeah, most I, about him out of any of these rookies.
1: A mild take, it isn't mild. I just think, I think multiple <laughs> yeah, MVPs. You, you heard it here, multiple MVPs from Clog.
0: Multiple MVPs. All right, Jake. So much fun talking baseball this year. Can't wait to get the show on the road. I'm sure we'll be checking in again sometime this season. In the meantime, you want to plug anything? You want people to check you out on Twitter, anything of that nature?
1: Uh, Nope, just uh, go Phil's. we got 162 ahead. Phil's first uh, 13 (laughs) games are versus the Braves and the Mets. So we're going to find out real quick how good this team is.
0: (laughs) All right, good stuff. Thank you for coming on, Jake. Lots of fun. Always a blast.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right, y'all, there you have it. We are finished with our MLB preview series. I sure had a lot of fun over the last several weeks. Gearing up for this season, I couldn't be more excited. It's been about 156 days since we last played baseball professionally, yet it feels like it's been three and a half years. This has been last year was not a real season. We're finally going to play 162. I cannot. I can't wait. So uh, please subscribe if you don't already. Subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you are currently listening to this podcast on right now. Go on to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. That does us a lot of good. Write something. Could be very brief. But hey, we're trying to get this podcast out to more people. I know people have been enjoying it and saying, hey, I love what you're doing. Keep it up. And if you want to help me out, share it with your friends, share it on social media, just word of mouth, tell them, send it over to one person that you know that you think might like it today. You know, Hey, we'll take anything we can get. I appreciate all of the help. I appreciate all of you guys for listening. We're going to have a lot of baseball to be talked (laughs) to talk about this season. So if you're subscribed, you'll get notifications whenever it is that I have new content and new things to say about baseball that will go right to you. If you subscribe to my newsletter on my website, jackvita.com, where I'm writing a bunch of stuff too. I'm going to do some MLB power rankings, and I'll be writing a lot of pieces as the season unfolds. Go click on one of my posts and sign up for my email list. And then whenever I have a new podcast, a new video, a new blog, it'll go right into your email inbox. So, that's uh, that's a way that you won't miss out on any of the fun stuff we're doing here on the show. If you want to get in touch with me on social media, my social media handles are at Jack Vita Show on Twitter and Instagram, YouTube.com slash Jack Vita and Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. We will be back on Wednesday morning with another live stream recapping the Elite Eight, previewing the final four. We'll probably have another couple of those coming up on the horizon as well. Lots of fun with college basketball. Well, the Masters is right around the corner. We're going to baseball season. Things are great right now. I hope you guys are loving life and enjoying it as much as I am. Y'all, have a great week. Take good care of yourselves. And by the way, enjoy Easter. We're going to have another, I've just remembered, we have another episode dropping later this week and it'll be about the best comebacks in sports over the last 20 years or so. And the reason why is because Jesus comes back from the dead, and we celebrate that this Holy Week. So uh, we're going to have a good time talking that, talk a little bit of Jesus and Palm Sunday and Holy Week, Good Friday, why it matters uh, to me as a Christian. And uh, I know some folks might not have gone to church in a while, or maybe they are out there searching. Maybe they're not. They don't understand it at all. So we'll try to uh, shine a little bit of a light on it if you're curious a little bit. Uh, but, hey, hey, if you want to skip that one, feel free to do so. We'll have plenty more sports content coming out soon. Okay, guys, until my next episode, I'm Jack Vita. Take good care of yourselves. Bring in the dancing lobsters.